Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm here to tell you that God has has called you here, here, or God's called you to produce something great and divine and awesome and outstanding. And he's standing with you to thrust you in to your destiny. To thrust you into your destiny. See, God is provoking you on purpose. That's the name of this message today. God is provoking you on purpose. See, provoke literally means to call forth, to excite, to stir up. He's provoking you on purpose. So he's, he's calling out that sleeping giant within you. He's calling out that sleeping giant. Wake up sleeping giant wake up there's greatness inside of you so he's provoking you he's trying to pull out that sleeping giant that might have been dormanted for years but now this is the year that giant is coming out this giant is going public this year the giant is going public this year wake up sleeping giant wake up up wake up he's pulling out he's calling forth that sleeping giant so he's provoking you god's provocation is motivated by you becoming the person he called you to be he's both that motivates god i'm gonna provoke them to be the person that i called you to be you see i've called you to greatness I've, I paid a lot for you, he says, so I need a return on my investment. I'm pulling out that sleeping giant that's in you. That sleeping giant that's in you. See, God will use circumstances to provoke you. If you had a closed door, right, God will use that closed door. For you to continue to knock on other doors. Amen. God will use your pain to provoke you. God will use your heartaches to provoke you. God will use your setbacks to provoke you. To seek him more. To trust him more. To call on him more. God will use those things to provoke you. But no matter what your condition, what, you are, what your setback, God uses all your circumstances to thrust you into your purpose. Are you with me? Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all, it says what? All things. Some things? Certain things. Oh, it's only certain things. It says all things God works for the good of those who what? Love him and who have been called according to his purpose. He will provoke you to purpose. God is provoking you on purpose. 
Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. So what God is saying in this scripture, even even if you have difficult times in your life, God has ordered those days and it will push you to your future if you are God's child. See, God will use circumstances to provoke you. He will use people to call out that that sleeping giant. God will use circumstance to provoke you. If you will, turn with me to 1 Samuel 17. Let's start in, uh, let's start in verse 28, I mean 48, sorry. Let's start in verse 48. So it says, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slugged it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. There was no sword in the hand of David. See, being provoked to Action is our response to those times when God brings us to critical mass. You see, the, you see the Israelites were, were being uh, harassed by the Philistine soldiers. And this Philistine guy, Goliath, was just harassing them, you know, trying to take over their territory. Right. And so a lot of the soldiers, the Israelite soldiers, were, they were in fear. Of because Goliath was so big. I mean, you know the story, right? He was like nine feet, nine foot six, 750 plus pounds. That's a big dude. I mean, Joaquin got nothing on this dude, right? That's a big dude, right? But but here they have so much fear because of the size of, of, of this giant, right? And he was trying to take over the territory. So if, if you are being harassed, it's because the devil and, and God, right, is trying to provoke you to explode. See, you can either explode upward or you can explode downward to like fear, right, and intimidation, and things like that. So that's what the enemy will, will isolate you. If you respond in fear and intimidation, a, a, amen, you will lose your testimony. But if you explode upwardly, amen, God will give you the courage and the power to defeat any giant that comes in your way. See, we talk a lot about David's faith defeating Goliath. We never really talk about what actually provoked him. So when this war was going on, David came and to, to feed his brothers food as they were battling the Philistines, right? And so David um, handed them the, their food and he looked into the eyes of his brothers and he saw fear. And he saw fear. He, so that provoked him 
Because he's like, if God is for us, who can be against us? So he must have looked at his brothers and be like, dudes, we have the upper hand. They, they lost as soon as they came to our territory. It's an automatic loss. Like we have God on our side. So he looked into their eyes and he saw fear and it provoked them. He said, oh, no, 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 no. Give me a shot at it. Give me a shot at this dude. I'll take him out. I'll take him out. Give me a shot, shot at him. Amen. And so what provoked them even more is that they, uh, his brothers doubted his abilities. Saul doubted his abilities. Goliath doubted his abilities. But David knew David knew he already proved God in private, so now he can rely on him in public. So he knew, he knew that God w- was with him because he already defeated a lion and God was there. He already re- well, defeated a bear and God was there. Amen? So whatever, whatever you do in private... God will make it known in public. If you praise him in private, amen, you can praise him in public. See, it's with those private times with the Lord is where we receive breakthrough. It's where we receive breakthrough. Some people only have a public relationship with God and not a private one. See, their brothers were always up front, always up front in public. They said, oh, me, I'm the next king. I'm the next king. I'm the next king. Where was David? Where was David? In private. Seeking the Lord, being used by, by, by God, doing the little things. Doing the little things. There's some of you here today, the Lord would tell you that I've seen you do things in private. This is the year where I am going to make it public. I am going to make it public. See, it's those little giants we must overcome in private in order to beat the ones in public. Oh, I don't, I don't know if you... It's those things, those giants that we face every day in our lives. It's those things that we struggle with in our lives every day that God wants us to deal with them in private. In private. So that way you can look like him in public. He can use you in public. Amen. If you have a problem with your tongue, with your words, you need to deal with that in private, right? So whatever you talk to the Lord about is what you should talk to his people about. Are you with me? So whatever we go through in private will come out in public. If you praise him in private, you wouldn't have a problem praising him in public. Amen? Come on, we need to have a private, a private relationship with the Lord, not just a public one, not just a church relationship with God. Amen? We need to have a private relationship 
with the Lord. See, David's trust in God did not start in public. It started in private. It's those little things, right? When we give things over to God, God tests. He says to test him. When we test certain things with the Lord, we give him certain things. He tests us and and we test him and he comes through. It's those little miracles that we kind of overlook. Amen. So his David defeated a lion and a bear and no one else knew that. And some things we go through in our lives that no one else would know but you and the Lord. What is God calling you in your private place? What is God saying to you in your private place? What is he saying to you in his private place? That's where you need the victory. Are you with me? See, the thing about David, what I love the most See, Goliath was a problem. Goliath was a problem. But David didn't look. See, Goliath might have had the size of a giant, but David had a mind of a giant. So he looked at Goliath like, dude, you're the problem. You're in my way. You're in my territory. Get out. Get to stepping. Amen. I got God on my side. Amen. So, so he, he had the mind of a giant. Like I serve a big God and he is in me. He is in me. There's no way I'm going to lose. I'm winning this battle right now. You're done. You're done. It didn't even take much. All he needed was a rag and a rock and the dude went down because he had a mind of a giant. Amen. A mind of a giant. See, when God looks at your problems, he sees your problems as small, but he looks at you as a giant, like a giant. And we need to look at our problems that we serve a big God. We just have small problems. We serve a big God. There's nothing too big for him. But what we do to our problems, they magnify. See, Goliath wasn't always nine feet foot six 750 plus pounds. He was once an infant. He was once a toddler. He was once a teenager before he became an adult. Amen. So our problems, we need to hit it in the infant stage. We need to look at our problems as the infant stage. And we need to, we need to know that we serve a big God that handles small problems. I think I have a couple of people with me. We just go together because I got two. They say, it says two or three, and a guy will be in the midst, so we're going to keep going. Amen? Are you with me? Come on, God's going to do something. Wake up, sleeping giant. Wake up, sleeping giant. God's calling that sleeping giant forth this morning. See, 2019, you will do great things. You will do great things in 2019, things that you you, unfathomable. You you can't even process that right now. You don't even know what's going to happen, how God's going to use you. Amen. He just wants you to surrender all to him right now. Are you with me? 2019 is going to be amazing for you. That giant is going to be awakened this morning.
It's going to be awakened this morning. Oh, I'm excited about that. I just need you to catch up a little bit with me. I just need you to catch up a little bit with me. Wake up, sleeping giant. It's a giant inside of you that needs to come out. Sometimes we get so frustrated, like I need to do what God's calling me to do. I'm tired of the way my life is right now. It's because that, 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 that giant is really uncomfortable. That giant is getting restless. It needs to come out. You need to start walking in, the, in the, what God's calling you to walk in. You need to do what God's calling you to do because that giant is going to get continue to be restless in you. You can, won't be able to contain it sooner or, long, or later. That giant's coming out. It's coming out. Wake up, sleeping giant. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up, sleeping giant. God is saying to Calvary, wake up, sleeping giant. This church will be a giant in this community. This church will be a lighthouse in this community. God gave me a vision of just of, 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 of a gate, a long gate. And during worship, a long gate, a long gate. And, he, and, and a bunch of us was opening up the gate. And a bunch of people just running in, running into the church, just running in. Couldn't wait, couldn't wait to come in. And he says, guess what? This is what I want you to do. Every soul that comes in, you must take care of them. You must take care of every soul. Speak life to every single person. Don't ever let anyone leave this service without you speaking life over them. I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I don't know how we're going to do it. If we have hundreds of people, we have to make a way to do it. But I said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And he says, he says all of them have a giant inside of them. And, you, and they need to discover that giant that rests inside of them and pull it out and pull it out of them. I said, it was an amazing vision. It was an amazing vision. That's for this church. Amen? Hallelujah. I thought that was exciting. Wake up, sleeping giant. See, God will provoke you to respond in a godly way. The enemy will provoke you to respond according to your flesh. See, we know about the garden, right? Where God says that do not touch this tree. You'll have life for the rest of your life. Good things will happen. If you touch it, bad things will happen. And then the enemy comes in and contradicts what God says. Will that really happen? Is he really God? I mean, seriously? I mean, it's amazing when God gives us a word, here comes the enemy. I don't know if that's really true what he said. He says that you have a giant inside of you. You know, it's that digestion. You, you, you got gas? That's probably gas in your belly that you're feeling. That's not really the giant. That's not really God saying that. So, God, so the enemy always contradicts what the Lord is saying. Amen? So I heard this preacher say this one day. He says, the first principle to provocation is information. See, we need to have information. Amen? Inf- information, instructions from God. You, you know, so because if we... 
if we know better, we will do better. So we need to have information. Information is important. See, God will inform you what's good and what's evil. Amen? And the enemy will always contradict what God says. So we, we must differentiate between the voices we hear. We must differentiate um, between what voices we hear. See, God's voice, here's the thing. God's voice will inspire you. It will always encourage you. It says in Philippians 1, 6, For I am confident to, of this very thing, that he who began a good work in, in, in you will perfect, well, what? perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's just not what it said on here. I'm just... This looks confusing. In Jeremiah 29, this is encouraging. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. Romans 8.31 says, what shall we then say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? Amen. God's voice is always encouraging God's voice always encouraging, provoking, but encouraging. Amen? Encouraging. He always will pull the best out of you because he put the best in you. Amen? He will put the best in you. I know sometimes God gives us hard, hard conversations. Yeah. Something, sometimes I don't want to hear what the Lord is saying, even though I need to hear it, and it's best for me. But it's like an ouch moment. Anybody ever have an ouch moment when they're talking to the Lord? It's like, ouch, God, ouch. I'm supposed to be your child. Ouch. Ouch. But he corrects and provokes the ones he loves. Amen. See, the enemy's voice is fear-based. It's fear-based, right? Because he's afraid of God, and he's afraid of what you're becoming. So everything he speaks is fear-based, amen? The enemy will provoke you to fear and worry. It always contradicts what God says, amen? The enemy will try to isolate you. That's why he thrives when we have anxiety, right? He kind of like makes it worse because he isolates you from the thing that God says, he brings you, so now it feels like you're alone. If you ever had anxiety and you feels like no one else understands, like you're all alone, that's what the enemy does. He thrives off of that when we have that anxiety and where we're fearful. It's to isolate us from the things of the Lord, isolate us in our mind. We don't even think about what the Lord says. We don't connect to the word because all we're focusing on, the fear and anxiety is speaking to us. It almost becomes our Bible. It gives us direction. So the enemy drives off of that. But we have to know if I am going, if I'm hearing words of anxiety, if I'm hearing words of fear, that is not of God. He would never speak to us in that way. That I never be amount to nothing. People are talking about me. People don't like me. Are you kidding me? You have God inside of you. You are an attractive person. You are designed to do great things in your life. Amen. We need to encourage ourselves. There's a giant inside of me. 
And it's, it, it needs to come out. The enemy's voice is always fear-based. Always fear-based. But God has another plan. See, God uses people to provoke you. He does. He uses people to provoke you, to kind of pull you out of certain situations, to call you out of stuff. Amen. God will use people to provoke you like he used Paul. I love Paul, right? Paul's awesome, right? I love Paul. So in the book of Acts, when Paul was at Athens, right, his spirit was provoked because he looked around and they were worshiping idols. So it grieved him. It provoked him. So, so Paul wanted to confront them. Paul was no joke. If Paul come, came to church, he will, he will confront us on certain things. If he sees things that he doesn't like, he will step up here as the preacher. He's like, preacher, give me that mic. I'm here to confront the church. See, we, we couldn't deal with Paul in this day. We couldn't deal with Paul in this day. Check out what he said in Acts 17 and verse 22. He says, so he wanted to confront the, the atheists. He says, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. <laughs> imagine, imagine Paul came to Calvary. Calvary life, I perceive that all of you are religious. We would kick him out of the church. Get out, man. We just need to be encouraged today. See, Paul was very direct, very direct. He didn't cut any corners. He was no joke. He was very direct. See, we can't handle direct stuff. We like to go around certain things, you know what I mean? Kind of sugarcoat, kind of be stroked on our backs. Like, Everything's going to be all right. You know, so I, I know you'll do better next time or whatever. No, Paul's like, no, hey, you are very religious. That's your problem. You're very religious. Great for counseling, right? It'll save time. It'll save people money. You come in to a counseling session with Paul, and you sit down where I have this problem, Paul, I have this problem. No, let me tell you what's your problem. You are very religious. (laughs) Counseling session's over. Go get delivered. We won't be able to handle Paul, right? We won't be able to handle Paul. We don't like direct stuff, right? Just kind of tickle my fancy. Just kind of tell me that everything's going to be all right, right? And God is with me and we okay. Amen. But Paul was no joke. He says, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of, of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription. To, a un, to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim, proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in the temples made with his hands. So Paul walked around. He saw religion and not the gospel. He saw religion and not the gospel. He didn't see Jesus. He saw a bunch of religion. Amen. I, it's like when Paul walked, you better be careful when Paul walks in your home. You know, he makes sure you, he sees the gospel. He sees Jesus in your home. Paul was no joke. So, he, so God caused people to provoke you. God would send someone to provoke you. So what really provoked him was he knew how much 
damage to a soul the idols can afflict. Right? So to, to believe to believe in a God who isn't real and miss out on a God who is. That is awful. That's it's to yield to a God who isn't real and to miss out on a God who is. Right? So that kind of, it provoked him. He wanted to share the gospel with them. He wanted to share the, the true God to them. He wanted to deliver them from their false God. See, an idol is something or someone you follow other than God. It, it, can, it don't have to be a person. It can be your fear. Because it's the thing that's leading you. Whatever it's leading you becomes your idol. If it's not God leading you, it's an idol. Listen, I'm with you. I am with, I am standing here to tell you that I am with you. This is not to uh, condemn anyone else. I struggled with fear for years in my life. For years in my life, some of you heard my testimony. I've shared that with you. I struggled with years of fear leading me. I knew God would tell me to say certain things, but I allow fear to lead me. No, I go run in the back. Or I don't, I don't say, or I, t- I tell someone else to say, hey, hey, I, I was good at telling people what God has said. And you should say it because God said it. And it'll be good. Because God said it, and he wants you to say it. But God wanted me to say certain things. But I allow fear to, to, to lead me. Amen? I used to turn down positions because it was positions where you had to talk. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to talk. I talk behind the scenes, but I don't want to talk up front. No, 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 no. Just, I want to do things in private. I wasn't ready for the public, right, promotion. So fear, I'm with you. So fear, fear became my idol. It was the thing that was leading me. What is the thing that's leading you other than God? It's the thing that God wants you to overcome. It's the thing that God wants to deal with in private, in private, in private. So that way you can be free in public. An idol is something or someone you follow other than God. When you worship an idol, you allow it to have dominion over you. It controls you. See? It controls you. It's so funny. So, so Paul was ministering to them and, 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 and some of the, the atheists call Paul a babbler. <laughs> they called him a babbler. Right, so a, a babbler is a atheian uh, slang for a bird that picks up seeds. A babbler is a, a chatter or a gossiper retelling bits and pieces of misinformation. Babblers gather uh, uh, gathers up seed and spread negative words. See, they thought 
Paul was picking up um, uh, misinformation from here and from there and kind of tell them, telling them just like any, anything. But in fact, that's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. They were worshiping idols that would pick up misinformation. They were babblers telling them misinformation, not telling them the truth. Is speaking the opposite of what the word of God says. Amen. So that provoked Paul. So they became, so they were, they were um, um, worshiping babblers. Amen. That's why God don't like complainers. Do you know that? God doesn't like. See, a babbler is a complainer. Amen. It's when a spirit is really unhappy, it's going to complain. Amen. So uh, God doesn't like babblers. Babblers are complainers. See, babblers complain about what they don't have instead of claiming what's rightfully theirs. As Christians, as Christians, I can't begin to tell you how often we complain. I'm at, I'm at work. It really provokes me. Like, I'm at a place in my walk with God. I need to confront something because I'm really careful about my atmosphere, right? So I'm, I know God's calling me to control the atmosphere. No matter where I go, God's presence needs to be there. So I'm, I'm all about, I'm taking on the kind of the Paul mindset a little bit, amen? So sometimes I'm at, I'm at work, and these people just love to complain, love to complain. I think they feel like that's their assignment. It, they are Christians. What's, what to me makes it worse because as believers, you're complaining about things you don't have instead of claiming things that's what's rightfully yours. Like you have the power to make a difference wherever you go. God placed something in your spirit, the power to overcome things, the power to, to, to defeat um, spirits and things like this. There's a lot of different spirits in the workplace. Anybody with me? You walk in, it's like, whoa, Lord. It's more, it's, spirit, it's some other spirits other than God up in this place. So we need to kind of get rid of some things in here. I need to cast out certain demons up in this place. Amen. So don't conform to it. Don't conform to the atmosphere. Amen. Be an atmosphere changer. Be a be an atmosphere changer. Be a work changer. Amen. Come on. Speak the word that God's given you. Amen. Speak the word I got. Don't look at your problems that are so big. Amen. Look at your problems and, and say that. You know what? I have the giant inside of me. These problems are small problems when it comes to the Lord. I know I'm a difference maker up in here. No matter what your position is, no matter what, who you have to submit to, no matter what, God will say you are always, always, always in charge. Because you are in charge of your atmosphere. Amen. So don't become a babbler. Amen? Don't become a babbler. Because, because don't complain about things that you don't have and, and not receive the things that are rightfully yours. See, it's a respect issue. It's a respect issue. You cannot receive what you don't respect. You remember the story of Esau, right? He was complaining to his brother that he was hungry. 
he was like, give me some food. So he didn't respect his birthright and he gave it up. So it's a respect issue. It's a respect issue. You cannot receive what you don't respect. So if you don't respect the word of God, you won't receive it. We wonder why, why aren't we getting breakthrough? Why aren't we getting blessed? You look at your neighbor, they're getting blessed. You look at this person giving their testimony, like how, how God just blessed me, just blessed me, just blessed me. Say, so why am I not getting blessed? Do you respect the word of God? Do you respect the word of God? You cannot receive what you don't respect. That's why no matter who I'm supposed to follow as a leader, I want to make sure I respect them. I respect them. Because I know ultimately who's in charge. And he's watching. And he's watching. Right? So I may catch something by following someone. Amen? You cannot receive what you don't respect. The Israelites didn't respect the promise that God gave them. They didn't respect the promised land. So they didn't receive it. (laughs) Some of them died at old age before entering in the promised land. See, it was a new generation that came through. And they were like, oh, yeah, what? God said that we could do what? Go over here and it's, it's full of milk and honey. We have an abundant life. Like, really? We, all we need to do is what? Take out these woohoo giants in a way? Oh, my gosh. If God is for us, who can be against us? So we just need to go and defeat these guys because they're actually in our territory. They're in our land. Who is in your land? Who is in your land right now? What giant is in your land right now? God's calling you to defeat. It's something that's stopping you for, for, to receive your breakthrough. It's something that's stopping you. God's provoking you to get to the other side of that land and go defeat those giants. Amen. To go defeat those giants. See, that new generation got it. They got it. So they didn't see giants. Amen. They saw small problems. What they, the giants that they saw was inside of them. Are you with me? Come on, somebody said that a preach, Pastor. Hallelujah. It's that giants. Wake up, sleeping giant. Wake up. Wake up, sleeping giant. So God is provoking you on purpose this morning. God is provoking you on purpose. I just got another amen. God is provoking you on purpose. Provoking you on purpose. See, God uses people. God uses circumstances to provoke you. And God uses people to provoke you. And in closing, Jesus often asks provocative questions on purpose in order to get a godly response from us. And Matthew 16, 15 says, but who... Do you say, I am? Listen to that question. Who do you, 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 who do you 
say I am in private and in public? Who do you say I am? When you are going through tough times, who do you say I am? I believe God is asking some people this question right now because you're going through a tough time right now. You're kind of discouraged. You're looking for some answers. And God is just provoking you, provoking you, provoking you, provoking you. Because he's provoking you so you can have a godly response. Provoking you to action. Provoking you. Like, who do you say I am? It matters. Who do you say God is? Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say I am? Who am I to you? Am I your deliverer? Am I your healer? Am I all things to you? Or am I some things? Am I in this, what you're going through right now? Am I capable of working things out in your life? Because I just said, we just read in all things. It says all things will work together for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You are called according to my purpose. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? No matter what you're going through right now, God wants to know, who do you say I am? I'm a big God that handles little problems. And I want you to look at every problem that you're going through right now. It's a little problem to God. Any giants that you're facing, make them midgets. They're midgets. They're not giants. They're midgets. The giant is inside of you. The giant inside of you. He doesn't create midgets. He creates giants. David looked at Goliath. David looked at his brothers. David looked at Saul. I said, I can do this. I can do this. You saying that he's the problem? Are you kidding me? Watch this. And he stood over him. He was confident. He knew that I did that thing. God used me to do this thing. I serve a big God. I serve a big God. He had to be taunting Goliath. I would have, right? Because Goliath was taunting them. He's like, I'm serving a big God, dude. Look how dead you are. Look how dead you are. I serve a big God. Don't you ever come back. Well, you can't because you're dead. But even though, even if you thought about it, you can't come back. That's what we need to do with our problems right now. I serve a big God. I serve a big God. You're never coming back. You're never coming back. You dead. You dead. You dead. You're never coming back. I serve a big God. Come on, stand with me. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.